Good morning and good afternoon to everyone watching Before Coffee. Time for us to wake up the old man. Let's call Raj on the phone so that he can show up the new show. Where is my... Ring, ring, ring. I tried to squeeze another minute out of sleep out of life. Yeah? And, well, you know what happens. <laughs> you can't fall asleep for one minute. <laughs> I was so close to sleep, and then I got, it was time to not be asleep anymore. Yeah. You fall asleep for a microcosm of all your life experiences flashing before your eyes for the next, like, I don't know, <laughs> 20 minutes. All your regrets, all your regrets, all your favorite memories, all in one second. Yeah, you wake up in the middle of something, and it's like only ten minutes later. But holy crap, you're all loose chains, and it's like ah, lived a whole life. Yeah, life is not worth living anymore. <laughs> Why am I even existing? Why do I get to exist? Why? <laughs> Why am I the lucky bastard <laughs> who got born? Why am I collecting this bag of chemicals that gets to talk and move things and shit? And most bags of chemicals just don't do anything. All right, let me go with my deal of going here. Rant. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, I don't my camera on yet, just because I don't even know what I look like, so. It's all good. You're not even... Nobody can see you until I decide they can see you. Right now, they're just looking at me with my wet hair and my Dry Guys hoodie. I'm still sick, so I took... I'm, I'm taking a hot shower every time I wake up just so I can get my lungs moving, so... I had to open the door to get some cold air in here because it's hot. So... I had the heat on all night, so that really didn't do a lot of favors. It's like a standalone. That's why you have to open the door. All right, man. Today on Before Coffee, a hacker who was arrested recently was actually being subsidized by security organization DIVD. More on the Ohio derailment story as politicians and one weirdo descend on Ohio. Currently, the Juliana Canal is blocked until March 2nd. <laughs> uh, the Alex Murdoch. Takes the stand in defense in his murder trial. 
and it really sounds awful. <laughs> After one year of war with Ukraine, we're looking back at how the Blitzkrieg became a war of attrition. And war on Ukraine, uh, or at least on a uh, Pussy Riot is in the museum as their, well, not their leader, but their spokesperson of now was, uh, has been, uh, had her arrest warrant sworn out from Russia for her latest exhibit called Ashes. And more, as the world turns on February 24, 2023. I won't be able to hear you. All right. First news story of today. <laughs> One of the hackers who was recently arrested for a large-scale theft of personal data was active for the renowned security organization DIVD, the Dutch Institute for Vulnerability Disclosure. It is an association of Dutch security experts that conduct research into unsafe computer systems and that also receive a subsidy from the government. The government is currently considering giving the organization an even greater role in tackling cybercrime. The arrested researcher had access to sensitive information, sources report to NOS, cooperated in confidential investigation, and in this way could also access information that could he could misuse. Whether that has happened or not is unknown. In an internal Slack message, DIVD reports that there are no indications that the man has abused his access. He immediately blocked him and denied him access to our systems, writes organization crisis manager. We are just as shocked as everyone else, says a DIVD spokesman. In the internal message, the crisis manager describes the arrested hacker as a nice colleague of whom we had no indication that he was involved in matters that conflict with our code of conduct. What do you think about that? I don't want to make you repeat everything, but I know I'm happy. Uh, it's, it's just a hacker hacking the bad way, not the good way. Well, that's what hackers do. Yeah. It isn't like they're going, boy, I, I mean, if they're just called, if they're normal to be called coders, wouldn't they? Yeah. I'm a coder. Oh, well, <laughs> that's a potential hacker, right? I guess that's my opinion. In my news? Crew alerted to problem just before Ohio derailment, investigators say. This is according to the New York Times and their staff writers, Mark Walker and Emily Cochrane. The crew of a freight train that derailed in Ohio this month received an alert about an overheated wheel bearing only shortly before dozens of the train's cars left the tracks, federal investigators said on Thursday, raising questions about the adequacy of safety measures used by the train's operator. An initial report from the National Transportation Safety Board found that while the wheel's bearings had been heating up as the train carried toxic chemicals and other cargo through Ohio, an 
alarm did not sound to alert the crew to check the hot axle until the train passed the sensor not far from where it ultimately derailed. The sensor registered that the wheel bearing was 253 degrees above the ambient temperature, the report said. The crew, the crew already braking as the train followed another, slowed down even more after hearing the alarm. According to the safety board, the crew then saw fire and smoke and reported a possible derailment to the dispatcher. 38 of the train's 149 cars ended up leaving the tracks. The timing of when the issue was alerted to the overheated wheel bearing is a key issue to federal investigator in this derailment in the outskirts of East Palestine on February 3rd. So I've uh, looked at what these sensors are. They, uh, they actually, there's a sensor that counts how many cars. There's a sensor and, and well, it actually does a lot of things. It's just a little sensor that lays under the under yeah. the wheels and the wheels pass over it and it measures the ambient temperature of each individual wheel. And this sensor they're not too pleased with what uh manpower. If they had better safety procedures, if they had better regulations, and of course the regulations, the last administration, the Trump administration deregulated the railroads and the company that crashed this rail, this, this train, yeah. they were one of the biggest proponents pushing for this deregulation. And now they're blaming everybody else. Of course. And of course the company is just hiding. But this was out right. of our hands. We're just a company. It was the workers yeah, we, we who caused it. They're trying to blame everybody but their regulation, as yeah. they always do. Yeah. Right. In uh, Netherlands news, Juliana Canal is blocked until March 2nd. It is a canal in Limburg, and it was blocked until March 2nd after water suddenly flowed under the sheet pile wall during work yesterday. Reichswater Strat will use the coming dates to restore the situation and ensure safety. Speaking of regulations, this is how you have proper safety regulations. Yesterday morning at around 8 a.m., a huge construction site in Julian Canal was full of water. The soil under the sheet pile wall would have been washed away. The people who were working in the construction pit were able to get themselves to safety in time, and then shipping traffic was halted. Two days extra detour is now required to because of the heavily used and the blockage that is in, currently in the Julian Canal. Ships have to detour via the Albert Canal in Belgium. That is an extra two days of sailing, says a spokesperson for Rijkswaterstraat. The Julian Canal is part of the so-called Moss Route, an important shipping route into the ports in Belgium, Germany, and Netherlands. Since last year, work has been underway to make the route suitable for larger inland vessels, and the, the canal was, will be widened and deepened for this purpose. The shipping traffic in the, in the canal is at a full standstill. The canal is closed, ships are waiting on both sides until they can sail through again. But the Rijkswaterstraat will have to, will have to fix something first, and it won't be easy 
I understand that the soil under the sheet pile wall has been washed away. Says Eddie von der Vliet of the Alchemine Chippers Vereniging. <laughs> Organization. Uh, that's what that word means, Vereniging. Okay. Rex Watersrat says that the sheet pile wall tub has subsidized over a length of 10 meters due to the incoming water. Whole sheet pile is more than 750 meters long. Blood construction pit cannot be pumped and empty until the whole sheet pile has been closed. And so requires a temporary dam. This is bad news for shipping. At peak times in the afternoon when the ships are loaded, it is really busy. Then there are about 10 ships per hour. Emphasis emphasizes oh. Skipper Von der Fleet. The Julian Khan is important inland. We already talked about this. The construction pit in the Julian Khan has been dry since November for the work to widen the canal between Berg on the Maas and Obicht. The canal will therefore be suitable for ships with a width of 11.4 meters and a length of 190 meters and a draft of 3.5. All right, that's it for me. This is story. Problems happen. If so stop is that gonna and fix them. Is that gonna drive up prices? There is gonna cause uh, shortages. I think it's probably gonna drive up the costs of the shipping, shipping um, ships because they have to travel an extra two days, and they probably have to pay for more. Cool. I think probably deliveries will be late. Well, so if I deliveries are slow, that creates shortages. Yeah. If deliveries are slow, you create shortages. You create prices go up. Yeah. Because you can charge what you want. I mean, you got a shortage. Oh, I need some spam. That's forty dollars for spam. Well, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna spam then. Okay, here's my forty dollars. Okay. People pay whatever for whatever. Who knows? We're diseased. We got weird minds. Okay, and the other stories today. Did I do the Alex Murdaugh trial? Let's do that. Alex Murdaugh is on trial for the death of his wife and son. In 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 the morning, and this is another story, New York Times. Nicholas Bogle Morrow's reporting from Waterboro, South Carolina. Off. In the more than 20 months since his wife and son were killed, Alex Murdoch, the sign of South Carolina legal dynasty. <laughs> In the more than 20 months since his wife and son were killed, Alex Murdoch, the sign of South Carolina legal dynasty, was rarely spoken has rarely spoken publicly, even when prosecutors charge him with the killings. As reports of his questionable financial dealings, botched suicide plot, and expensive drug habits swirled in the national spotlight, he remained quiet. But on Thursday, Mr. Murda talked for hours, taking the witness stand in his own murder trial. Mr. Murda acknowledged that he had stolen from his law clients. He conceded that he had pocketed a check he was supposed to hand over to his law firm. And he admitted that he had lied to the police about his whereabouts on nights of killing. But, hey, I didn't do it. Why would I lie if I... <laughs> Sorry. Didn't make a good witness is the, is the upshoot of it. But I guess they don't have another theory to defense what happened. So, 
opposite of OJ. OJ did not take the stand. This guy, well, we're comparing rich guys because rich guys usually get you know, sentences where, well, you can't make him suffer. He was rich. You know, those kind of sentences. So, not that he's guilty, but the desperation's taking over if you're sending your guy up there to take the stand and all he's gonna do is sit there and go yeah I lied about that but I'm telling the truth this time oh I lied about that but I'm telling the truth this time oh I lied about that but I'm telling the truth this time sure I committed perjury but you know who hasn't committed perjury in their days <laughs> well you're gonna commit perjury when you're gonna get the freaking uh, death penalty you're going to lie as much as you possibly can. But that's what the jury to decide, not me. But I'm thinking, if I'm in the jury, I'm like, how do I know when this guy's telling the truth? Show me a picture of him telling the truth and a picture of him telling a lie so I know the difference. Other than that, he's probably a pathological liar. And he sounds like it. So, what are you going to believe? Yeah. I can say what I want. I'm not in the courtroom. You can have I, your opinion. I can have my opinion. I can editorialize based on the evidence. The jury is actually hearing the evidence. Yes. I'm not alleging anything. I'm just saying the believability factor is very low. What are you tell me next, buddy? You know? <laughs> George Soros, your character witness. Okay, go ahead. <clears throat> All right. Speaking of trials, in media news, we've got two big trial uh, convictions. First, for film producer Harvey Weinstein. He has been sentenced to 12 years in prison for rape. Former American film producer Harvey Weinstein has been sentenced to 16 years in prison for raping a woman in Los Angeles Hotel. Weinstein was already sentenced to 23s in prison for sexual offenses in 2020. Weinstein was convicted in the courtroom, courtroom where a jury found him guilty in December. Weinstein, the powerful co-founder of film production house Miramax Films, will serve sentence following the previous 23-year prison sentence for sexual assault conviction in New York. 70-year-old Weinstein, who previously appeared in court with a walker and a wheelchair, will most likely spend the rest of his life in prison given his age and poor health, the U.S. media reports. The Hollywood producer was accused of sexual assault by various actresses in the fall of 2017. The New York Times and the New York Magazine were the first to bring forward the allegations of actress Rose McGowan and Ashley Judd, among others. After that, dozens of other women, including Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelina Jolie, came forward with stories of sexual misconduct by Weinstein. The revelation sparked what has come to be known as the Me Too movement on social media. For months, women shared their experiences of sexual misconduct by powerful men in large numbers. And men as well. Men also shared their experiences of sexual misconduct. And no, it's it, no, it's nice to make it, you know, um, make it, what is the word? Partisan there? Yeah. Uh, oh, only women are affected, but men are also affected by this, and men also share their stories. Well, Kevin and Spacey. who knows if Weinstein ever sexually assaulted men, and they're too scared to reveal it. You know, I'm just saying. Well, Kevin Spacey got in trouble for yeah. sexually harassing a man. His career basically is where's Kevin Spacey? You know? Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Is he? I, I can I can say that's about the only cancel I've seen. Everybody, and Alec Baldwin, but he kind of canceled himself. 
Yeah, but he's back. He didn't like go and apply the, for jobs. He's but. back on filming though. They didn't cast like they didn't fire him from the set, so still Ooh. being paid. Rust. Oh well, yeah. okay. Well, I'm just saying. When you, yeah. He's not getting new jobs. Will Smith isn't getting new jobs. He got shit. But again, he didn't this, stuff, this stuff blows over a lot of times. It does. It really does. <laughs> Especially if you just don't have a, you know, a big bad history. Yeah. Even then. In additional news, R. Kelly has also been convicted of child yeah. pornography. Now totaling 12, 31 years in prison. This time, he's already been sentenced to prison for sexual abuse, but this time he's also been convicted of having sex with minors and making of child pornography, which, as told, will increase his prison sentence of 31 years. Robert Sylvester Cunningham was sentenced today to 21, 20 years in prison, but 19 years of that overlapped with the previous sentence imposed, him in, imposed on him in New York. I was brainwashed by Robert. One victim was quoted from a written statement. She had made, she had been made into a sex slave of her own accord. It almost killed me, according to the prosecution. Kelly has shown no remorse for his wrongdoing. The R&B singer was present in court, according to journalists. He appeared resigned and constantly looked down. He has not comment, commented on the verdict. However, his lawyer said it was reasonable outcome of the lawsuit. The Grammy winner has sold tens of million albums. We should not give a shit because he's a sex fiend, and he needs yeah, to be I in don't prison even know. I don't for the even next thirty-one years. Kelly's song, so. I'm sure I'm, you know I'm the one famous know. one, but we don't need to know because who gives don't a shit? even know, man. I he, personally don't give a shit about famous any of his sex music. offender R. Kelly. That's all I know. Of. Yeah. Right. For like the last 20 years, I'd heard of him the first time he was a sex offender. So, I mean, it isn't, isn't like I'm a top 40 maven or anything. Yeah. I'm not going to go, oh, that's from night 2006 at his album. I wouldn't even know. But, yeah, I mean, you're famous. You get your way. You keep getting your way. People tell you no, and you're like, <laughs> you don't really mean no. I'm yeah, famous. Yeah, I mean, it really brings a smile to my face to hear about all these convictions. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, so many people get away the, with it, like you said. So finally, at least two men have been, you know, convicted for the terrible wrongdoings they've done for over decades, really. Decades. Right. And, it's, and it's the three-year anniversary of Harvey Weinstein's conviction. If you go in this day in history, mm -hmm. in this day in 2020, he was convicted. Okay. Pussy Riot is back in the news. Nadia Tolokonikova, 33, is a hero. This is a story from a from Polestar website, written by Andy Ginsler. <laughs> For more than 15 years, the artist activist has spoken truth to power in widely creative and provocative ways and done hard time for it. She was the co-creator and face of Pussy Riot, the feminist arts collective form. I call them a punk band. Formed in 2011 in Moscow. Calls him Art Collective, but I know him as a punk man. Yeah. Pussy Riot first made global headlines in February 2012 with Punk Prayer, a guerrilla protest they performed inside Russia's capital's Christ the Savior Cathedral. Birth giver of God, drive away Putin, they screamed on consecrated ground clad in their signature bright colored baklavas. 
This came after Patriot Krill of Moscow called Russian dictator Vladimir Putin a miracle of God. Oh. <laughs> three members, three members were charged with hooliganism motivated by religious hatred in Tolokanova and Pussy Right member Masha Alekina spent two years in jail, including a Russian labor camp, before he released in advance of the Sochi Winter Olympics. Today, Pussy Riot is a decentralized global movement that staged events across Eastern Europe to Buenos Aires to, to a float last week at the New Orleans Mardi Gras Parade. Ali Kaina, Elio Kaina, currently tours with Riot Days, which is rooted in theater and poetry, while Holly Konnikova's Pussy Riot is more straightforward concert performance with backing band and multimedia. Putin, meanwhile, has for 23 years ruled Russia with Iron Fist, we know about him, and last February invaded Ukraine, costing hundreds of thousands of lives, and basically he's a war criminal. Yeah. On January 27th, the LA outpost of Jeffrey Gleach Gallery, Gallery, Pussy Riot debuted Putin's Ashes, a multimedia installation incorporating film, visual art, and live performance. Putin's Ashes film projected on the main media gallery floor, four walls showed a dozen masked women from Ukraine, Russia, Russia, and Belarus in a desert marching a ritualistic ceremony, burning a 10-foot painting of Putin while driving knives into the ground and pushing a button that neutralizes Vladimir Putin. Both the ashes and the button were on display, along with a beautiful print by artist Shepard Barry. Gallery attendees were given color for baklavas that made Pussy Riot's performance in a nearby parking lot before some people seem itself like a protest. Konakova screamed and growled in Russian on the makeshift stage with low-tech production and a half dozen abrasive songs. With Putin's name re reputed, spewed re <coughs> repeatedly, Ukrainian activists re expressed his gratitude for recently approved tanks and said they now need jets. Okay, again, my favorite Pussy Riot song goes something like this. Fuck Putin, fuck him in the ass, fuck him till he bleeds, fuck him in the eyeballs. That's basically kind of a rough uh, translation. But like, more punk sounding, <laughs> right? Like screaming. I'm totally making that up, but oh, I'm okay. pretty sure that's the... <laughs> I'm, pretty I'm pretty sure that's the gist of it. And I do listen to their music and it's like, I don't care what they're saying, this is great. <laughs> All right. Because, yeah, music is just this, this protest. Right. right. Speaking of Ukraine, French President Macron is speechless when he receives a call from his Ukrainian counterpart Zelensky on February 24th. They are fighting all over our territory, Zelensky tells him. Couldn't have imagined this. This is not like 2014. This is much, much more. Macron flew to Moscow in the weeks before. Like other European leaders, he hoped to convince President Putin that war in Europe must be avoided at all costs. In vain, it is clear. In vain, it's clear after the call with Zelensky, it's all out war, Macron said. Yes, agrees Zelensky, an all out war. Macron's initial reaction is indicative of what was felt across Europe a year ago. From citizens and analysts to world leaders, hardly anyone could or wanted to believe that Russia would actually proceed to invade the neighboring country. 
Still, all the warnings were there. Nearly 200,000 Russian soldiers lined up with thousands of tanks and numerous other combat vehicles. Blood banks set up at the border. The barrage of war language from the Kremlin about a Ukrainian regime of would-be Nazis out to get blood of Russian children. It is propaganda that failed to mention that Zelensky is of Jewish descent, speaks Russian, and had a grandfather who fought with the Soviets against Nazi Germany. Russia's invasion of Ukraine shocked the world for the first time in almost eight years. 80 years! The European continent was once again the battleground of an open war between two countries. It was impossible to predict how the battle would turn out. Ukraine had been preparing for this scenario since the Russian aggression of 2014 and received help from the West. How could the Ukrainians hold their own against the entire Russian war machine? How difficult the situation was for Ukraine was clear from the conversations Zelensky had in those first few days. To an alley, he said it would probably be their last phone call ever. Russian special forces attempted to enter Kiev, Kiev hunted the president down. It soon became clear that Russian President Putin had misjudged the invasion. He received warnings, but mostly listens to intelligence that convinced him that Ukraine would fall in no time. Civilians would greet the Russian army with flowers. The opposite turned out to be true. No flowers, but rocket launchers and Molotov, Molotov, Molotov cocktails. Molotov. At the same time, the Russian war machine beeped and creaked. Units that thought were they were on exercise in Belarus suddenly had to cross the border to go to war. They were ill-prepared and had inadequate means of communication. The bulky tank division got bogged down on Ukrainian roads. They were easy prey for Ukrainians with American Javelin anti-tank missiles. Weapons that had been rushed cross-border across the west shortly before the invasion. Among other things, advanced artillery was sent to Ukraine. Finally, after much deliberation, Modern tanks followed. Even reluctant Germany felt compelled to shake off post-war pacifism in the discussion of military aid. Before the war, it was still unlikely that Sweden and Finland wanted to become NATO members in the short term, which has changed rapidly. The West did underestimate the reality of the war and how far Putin was willing to go after his original plan. Conquest of Kyiv failed early on. The hope was that given the large-scale losses and limited success on the battlefield, the Russian leader would at some point change course and take a seat at the negotiating table. Instead, Putin doubled down. Occupied territories were annexed and mobilization was declared to make up for losses. The president instructed the war industry to ramp up production that Russia would, was still wants to conquer more ter territory is evidenced by renewed attacks in Donbass. In his address to Russia this week, who made clear again that he has no intention of adjusting his ambitions. In, mean, in the meantime, a blitzkrieg of a few days has turned into an all-out battle that has been going on for a year, with several hundred thousand dead and wounded. Russia and Ukraine are preparing for a war of attrition, a long-term conflict. In the rest of Europe, there is also the realization this seems to be just the beginning of a total war that could last for years. That is an article from NOS, written by Christian Pawe, the foreign editor. We have any Very time well left? written. I skipped some parts okay. because it yeah, was pretty long, but I thought it was okay. a really nice article, really explaining how it started out as complete disbelief and then turned into, oh wait, this is for real, guys. This is for real. Yeah, and and at some point Putin's got to come up with some kind of idea to save face. 
Yeah. Like, hey, we won this war, really. We held on to Crimea, you know? Yeah. That'll be it. They tried to take Crimea from us, you know? Yeah. So, well, how much, do we have any time left? Yeah, you can do the, the in this history stuff. If you want. That's all I got time for? Yeah. That's on this day in history! We already mentioned Harvey Weinstein. Uh, we know this day in history because you just reported February 24th uh, last year, basically, tanks rolling into Ukraine. Um, birthdays today, Floyd Merriweather, American boxer, turns, uh, boy, math, turns 46. Steve Jobs turns 68. Uh, there. That's it, man. I don't know any of these other people. Were you gonna Fun. do another th section about your picture? I was, but you said yeah, it didn't you have can. Time. Can okay. All right. Today's Black History. This is our second black U.S. congressman. He's this guy. This picture in the back. Okay. Yep. Right. Ah. Finger ass. This gentleman there is from Georgia, and his name is Jefferson Franklin Long. The second African-American elected to U.S. officers representatives, Jefferson, Jefferson Long served less than three months, the shortest term of any African-American member, but nevertheless became the first member to speak on the House floor. Speaking against the amnesty bill, which restored political rights to most former Confederates, Long pleaded with his colleagues to acknowledge that the atrocities being committed by white supremacists in Georgia. Do we then really propose here today when loyal men dare not carry the stars and stripes through our streets to relieve from political disability the very men who have committed these Ku Klux outrages? He declared on the House floor. I think I am doing my duty to my constituents in my country when I vote against such proposition. Jefferson Long was born to a slave mother on March 3rd, 1836 in Knoxville, a small town in west central Georgia. Long's father was believed to have been the son of a local white man. Defying the law, Long learned to read and write. Trained as a tailor, he opened a successful business in Macon, Georgia after his emancipation. Following the end of the Civil War, most of his clients were white, as they were the only rural Georgians able to afford custom-made clothing. Shortly after the war, Long married Lucinda Carhart and raised seven children. One of Long's sons helped run its business. Unlike neighboring South Carolina, Georgia did not have a majority black population or a large antebellum free black community. As a result, Georgia freedmen often looked to white politicians as leaders after the war. Long was the exception. His preposterous, his preposterous, his prosperous tailor shop <laughs> catered to the politically connected clients and provided them with resources to become involved in Republican politics. Starting in 1866, Long became a, began promoting literacy among African Americans. In, 18, in 1867, he became active in the Georgia Educational Association to protect and advance the interests of freedmen. Long also belonged to the Macon Union League, a grassroots political action group. 
a dazzling orator. He produced Georgia's Friedman. He introduced Georgia Friedman to politics by preaching the virtues of the Republican Party. While traveling the state, organizing local Republican branches and encouraging black voters to register long, brought many whites into the Republican fold. In 1869, he served on the Republican State Committee and was leader of the Georgia Labor Convention, which organized black agriculture workers to demand increased wages, better jobs, and improve working conditions. He nice. served three months. Why? Do you want to know? Yes. I can handle the truth. <laughs> well, you're only going to get the truth. This is all I can find, right? At least this is, this is the congressional record. Uh, Long's term was so short, he was not assigned to any committees. Congress delayed George's re-entry into the Union because the state ledger refused to ratify the 14th Amendment, while white Republicans and conservatives expelled 29 legally black members from Georgia's legislature in 1868. Yeah. Conditions for readmission included receding the black members and ratification of the 15th Amendment. In July 1870, these terms were agreed to, and Georgia delegation was re permitted to return to Congress. A special election was was to fill the delegate. So basically, they said, uh, we're going to have a special election and put some white politicians to replace these. And that's why he was only in Congress for three months. So again, Racism the Confederacy prevails. and their horse shit forestalls any kind of real progress in America by over 100 years. Yep. You want to hear how his life ended? Uh, I suppose. Um, he didn't die until 1901, so he lived a long, healthy... Uh, that's I don't nice. know, healthy. We don't know how healthy. He wasn't a slave anymore. That's what's... Well, yeah, he wasn't lynched or something than, after the election. Better than his ancestors lived. Let's be honest, that probably happened to some... Right. Um, You're no longer a politician. Let's put you on a tree. But he stayed active in Republican politics and, you know... Never gave up. So he was still an agitator, still somebody like, hey, you know? Yeah. What else am I going to do? He isn't going to sit retire to his, you know, estate or anything. This is. All right. That has yeah. been me, Allison, who is very sick. In very extended version. Giving you the news about canals and Ukrainian war and, of course, Convicted rapists. Hope to see you next week on Monday. Some more after the weekend news about Europe. And this has been Roger in the United States, where we're in a heat wave. Good day. All right, see you next time. Hair in my face. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons, and follow our other channels, Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records.